This is the racing symphony coursing through your veins. This is the house that speed built. This is the LTV Sportscast. And now your host, Layton. Welcome, sports fans, to another episode of the LTV Sportscast. It is Sunday morning, 6 o'clock, my slide, and it's Grand Prix race day. Wow. Uh, we're off to Saudi Arabia for the Jeddah racetrack. What? What a racetrack. What a fast-flowing racetrack. For a street circuit, it's the fastest street circuit that we have. I think we have the most corners in any Formula 1 track, as well as a second-fastest average speed after Monza. Now, uh, let that sink in for a street track. It's unheard of. But it is it is still a street track. It is going to be tight. There is much to talk about. Now, uh, first and foremost, we in this past week, we've said goodbye to Sir Frank Williams. Uh, it's terrible news, but we have to thank Frank, obviously, for everything that he did in F1. And by the time that I had arrived in F1 or as a fan, uh, that was uh, Frank's uh, Frank's days as a team principal which was sure uh, Williams was was amazing uh, to to put it uh, to put it mildly so Frank thanks for the years and uh, I'm pretty sure you're you're racing racing in 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 the afterlife uh, enjoy it man uh, and uh, condolences to the family um, okay so before before we go any further obviously at six o'clock in the morning uh, it's, yeah, it's me jibber jabbering alone so it's just me and you guys so again welcome to the show and remember if you want to drop us any feedback drop us some feedback at latentv.com um, I will get to that email address I know at some point in time I think I mentioned in the football show my my phone was feeling a little bit hot and decided to go swimming so I did replace the phone I just haven't loaded up the email boxes again and I probably should, and I will, and I promise I will. And then if you want to reach us or follow us on Twitter at LTV underscore Sportscast, as well as on Instagram, LTV Sportscast. Remember to search it out. That's S-P-O-R-T-S cost. Now, quick recap of Qatar. Before we actually get into um, the the Jeddah, uh, the, the Jeddah circuit and what has happened in qualifying, you know, the, all the news that's come with that, um, if you aren't familiar and you have missed it by chance, uh, let's let's be honest. Lewis got that uh, got that win over there, which has added immense pressure on on uh, Max Verstappen, and maybe maybe just maybe that was one of the reasons why we saw what we saw in qualifying with that final corner. Um, as we are getting to the business end or the uh, the final the final. Uh, two races with this one potentially being the first time that Max could be crowned champion so there is still a lot to go for so Lewis walks out with the win Max looked solid although he he did finish second but he was given a very generous uh, amount of space when coming up to Pierre Gasly so um, it, it kind of again it's one of those times when you feel like you know it's now we have sister teams aiding other teams, and I'm not always the biggest fan of that. It's one thing to have team rules, you know, within a team. Like, okay, uh, let so and so through, let so and so through, and that's always going to be part of F1, you know, because the team is greater as a whole. However, when an when a parent company or 
because obviously uh, Red Bull, the second team is Alpha Tauri, that uh, they can tell the second team, listen, you don't really fight, you move aside. Now, whether those words were expressed directly like that, and I doubt it was, maybe just maybe things were said to say, look, we look after the best interest of the parent company, which I wouldn't be surprised about. And then we have to give kudos to Max, obviously with that rear wing issue that we saw in free practice, they had to change out the rear wing to go for a rear wing that had um, that was definitely stiffer, more rigid, that didn't have the same flappy flexibility that their low downforce wing had. So he rode Quattal with a higher downforce wing. And then obviously you weren't expecting him to do exceptionally well. So in terms of damage management, finishing second was the absolute best they could have hoped for and finished second that they did. So Max handling pressure extremely well there. Uh, Alonso was back on the podium again for the first time in seven years. So that was, that was great to see. Um, now I know there's, there's talk about uh, if that safety car didn't come at the end, you know, Perez would have probably caught him. I highly doubt it purely because the, at that time when the safety car was lifted off, the tires were already cooler, so they had to warm the tires up again because Alonso had older tires. We probably saw it land up being exactly where it would have been. The more interesting one was the fact that Bottas, uh, after starting on the dirty side of the grid, then you know obviously with the with the whole tire drama that prevented him from fighting as well for a podium position but really great to see that Alonso got in on the podium uh, as you guys know I probably tend to lean towards him because in, can, this goes back to my probably my generation of uh, Formula 1 drivers I do think his racecraft is still the best uh, out of any driver that is still on the track and it's great to see that he's doing it at 40 and hopefully hopefully again and i know we spoke about it a couple of times if next year does arrive that the rules and the car that uh, alpine is developing they do develop something competitive maybe just maybe we can see alonso fighting for some uh, top steps and maybe even the championship but who knows next year 2022 i mean it's right around the corner and to think that we're looking ahead to 2022 when so much is happening on 2021, you've got Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton in a fight to the bitter end for the championship as well as the constructors championship. So drivers and constructors still undecided this late in the season. So we have been blessed to have a great season. One more takeaway that we have to, that we have to give to Quattar is did Red Bull botch Perez's strategy because the amount of overtakes this man has to make constantly and he does all the overtakes and they're like, right, bring him into the box. Um, we're going to pit now and then set him out and then Perez go, go out there, search, just search through the field. Uh, that's what you do. And <laughs> it, 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 sometimes it feels like they, they might be working against him. But again, you know, from a supporter point of view, for for the sport, or maybe I just feel a little bit bad for the guy because it seems like he gets the raw end of the stick. Uh, the facts are he shouldn't be that far down after qualifying, and when he starts a race, he should be further up. So part and parcel, it comes with with the fact that he does drop the ball uh, usually on a Saturday. Although this uh, qualifying at Jeddah wasn't really his fault, so you're not really going to be blaming him. Um, 
<laughs> so he does start in fifth, but there is much to race for coming into Gerald. And when, when we talk about Gerald, let's quickly talk about the track. And I know I just mentioned how fast it is because it is immensely fast. And I don't want to quite call it a roller coaster because it doesn't have the undulation. But in terms of lefts and rights and whatnot, the second longest lap in the Formula One calendar gets done in a minute 30. Well, minute 30 if you're going slow. So a minute 20, 28, uh, 27 in qualifying. And they probably would have got to simulation time because I believe they had a simulator time that was uh, 127.1, um, which they were expecting the pole position to be. And Max was on course for that going into the last corner. So, you know, simulations was pretty close to it, which is, is nice to see after all the things that they've done, said and done, and all the training and all the simulator times that they do. You know, obviously it's worth to say that the the practice that they do put on the simulator does really help for the track because, again, very green track in terms of uh, grip, and it's especially from when they started when they started the events when, you know, obviously the track has just recently been built and obviously being street track for now the Formula One. That means we don't have massive amounts of grip on there. You have to think Turkey possibly, although I don't believe there's going to be any rain coming, but there, there, anything can happen in, in the, in the Middle East when it comes to the, the desert side of things. So you never know. What type of sand you'll be getting on the track? They can be blowing, but it is right at the coast as well. It's on the waterfront, so whatever misdue type things can land up on the track does affect the track condition. And it's only through racing that the track does get better, grippier, and all those things. But there should be a significant amount of uh, action on the track, which should help, which should help for grip. However, we have to remember. We've just been through qualifying of the 16 left and 11 right uh, corners. These corners are not really corners, corners in, in the sense that, you know, you're hitting hard brakes and that a lot of them are flat out corners. There is only really one line to take through, which brings us to the fact that we are not going to be looking at high overtaking. At least we don't believe we're going to be looking at high overtaking. And we have said that before in the past and we have been wrong. So hopefully I'm wrong here. Yeah. Um, definitely I was expecting to see uh, overtaking into corner one. However, now I'm starting to look, when I look at the amount of grip now, Red Bull does tend to have better mechanical grip as opposed to the Mercedes. So over over a race distance or over the course of the race, you're probably expecting Red Bull to have a better race. It would have been ideal for Max to start on pole. But with so much that happens in a street circuit because how tight it is and how close those walls are, as the tires start to go off, as the pressure is on, you're going to have to look at the times that there's going to be a little bit of wall incidents. Some people are just going to scrape up against the wall. Some people are going to do exactly what Max did. What I'm saying is, and when that happens is we can expect safety cars. So there's a high probability, a high, a super high probability of a safety cars. So that's going to depend where you are on the track at that time, when the safety car comes out, because will you be getting a free pit? Will there be the virtual safety car? So will you be getting a significantly um, 
less of an effect of a pit stop on your race time should you pit under a virtual safety car. What happens if that, again, all determines if you're the person that you're contending with does land up passing the the pit entry and you have the option to dive in and all of a sudden you bring everyone back again because free pits or cheap pit stops are going to play a massive part. So strategy will probably win this race um, and a fair amount of luck before the out-and-out best driver. Now, that is a belief. Um, purely also, again, you gotta, you got to say that if, uh, if Max does tend to get into... He, he starts in third, right? Now, this is barring that they don't decide to make a late decision to do a gearbox penalty, take a gearbox penalty, if that gearbox is damaged which will send him back five further positions. <clears throat> but if they don't have to do that, I mean, he starts on third, then then it's not the worst in the world, uh, as well as consider that the the tires that Lewis is starting off with is the C4 soft, as well as Max Verstappen, the C4 soft. But Max has only used those tires for four laps. Hamilton has used it for eight. And then... When we saw what we saw from qualifying, is it does take Mercedes longer to get the tires switched on. Red Bull gets it done faster, so Red Bull can get those tires switched on faster. Plus, they have better mechanical grip through corners. Again, we've seen that the whole season. It has to do with aerodynamics, the rake of the car, all the development that went in. It was all the things that was against. Well, we say against uh, Mercedes at the beginning of the season. What isn't against Mercedes, and this. <laughs> This obviously is going to upset the the Red Bull fans. And look, I, like I, I've made it very clear, I do want Max to win, um, but I don't want it at the expense of um, politics coming and making decisions. And and occasionally they do things, and I don't know if they there there isn't always a consistency that comes out of the FIA. At times we say that it's not it's perceived that we see it that way, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. They have a lot more in- information uh, and they have to look at each incident based on its merits. And so there has been a strong calling for Lewis to take a five-place grid penalty for the double yellows in the free practice where he apparently, well, where he, again, perceivably, allegedly held up uh, Mazepin out don't get me wrong, uh, as as much as my feelings are towards Mazepin, I don't believe he holds up uh, anyone who really holds him up. If if it did happen and it did happen, why is the penalty not consistent? Um, yeah, it, the, the biggest question is, like, do we have a flat rule? Flat rules are just and unjust alike at, at the time that it, it, it punishes even when it shouldn't, you know, if there is strong mitigating factors. And this is what I assume has been in there. There must be strong mitigating factors um, regarding this uh, this incident. Also consider the fact that it is a street circuit. So there's very little place to go at times and could be, would be, should be. People are unhappy that Hamilton hasn't got the same penalty, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure if that was appealed by Red Bull at 
at the time, but the, the decision has been made. Uh, the news articles this morning says nothing has happened there. Now, we're also looking at possibly and most likely a one-stop strategy for today. And that is if, again, like I said, that we don't see the safety cars. However, I do see safety cars arriving. And then we've got, uh, we've got to, we've got to just quickly look at the, um, at the driver's standings walking into this race or riding into this race. Max Verstappen still leads Lewis Hamilton by eight points, 351 and a half by leading, uh, Hamilton's 343.5. The fight for second position is between Valtteri and Perez. That's going to be interesting. Perez still trails him by 13 points, but Perez probably has made some gains towards uh, recent uh, recent times, although Valtteri did go through a really nice patch at a stage. Uh, Valtteri obviously dropping out of the Qatar due to the tyre blowout. Didn't really help his fight for third in the championship. Lando Norris, Charles Leclerc. Man, Charles Leclerc, what a lap. I say what a lap. He's, he's landed up uh, getting himself, sneaking his nose into into uh, fourth, um, sorry, fifth position for the for the qualifying. So that that is that's not going to hurt his uh, hurt his weekend. Sorry, fourth position ahead of Sergio Perez. Yes, that was the thing. So by the time that Max had gone off, Sergio still needed to finish his lap. So there was a whole bunch of racing behind Max that just couldn't happen. Sergio Perez was looking good. So this time again, it's sometimes it really is his fault and then sometimes it really isn't. But the man just doesn't seem to get, uh, uh, get any luck at all. You know, it's like, it's one of those things. If he didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck kind of thing. So, uh, Charles Leclerc is starting forth, uh, ahead of him for this Grand Prix. So, but what does that mean? Because Charles is now starting three positions ahead of Lando. Obviously, Charles being in fourth, Lando being in seventh. So they are separated by Sergio Perez and Pierre Gasly, which are two really fast drivers. The Alfa Tauri has looked fantastic this weekend. Lando probably outrode that uh, McLaren, getting them the absolute best that they could have expected. But with the fourth position in the... Sorry, the fifth position in the championship, it's going to really really come down to uh, it's going to come down to the why I think but I think Charles can walk out of this this weekend with a with a really good gain over here uh science obviously his his qualifying he didn't get it through to he didn't get through to um Q Q2 so he, and in so he didn't get through to Q3 in Q2 he dropped out but you know that uh, that back uh, the back of the car was a little bit unstable, so he was experiencing significant understeer, I believe, and, and eventually spun the car. Uh, so obviously trying to make the corner and then, well, had a little bit of a spin slide whacked the back of his wing and they weren't able to get that right. The aerodynamics were all off. And by the time he came out for his next lap, it was all she wrote, so to speak. And then so Carlos is, Carlos is now unfortunately... In that fight for, in that fight for fifth position, um, it's 
he, he might have actually ducked out, put uh, taken his name out of that hat right now. So again, there's so much to play for there, uh, especially between that fight between Mercedes and, um, sorry, M- McLaren, Mercedes, and Ferrari. Although Ferrari have pretty much pretty much wrapped up the constructor third position, I say pretty much it is a th- uh, forty-seven and a half point. 48 and a half points that separates Ferrari from McLaren. Um, then obviously the Alpine and Alpha, the Alpine Renault and the Alpha Tari Honda, they're separated by 25 points going into this Grand Prix. Now this, this fight for, uh, fifth position is definitely not over because of how good the Alpha Tari's look this weekend. And they've been quick all free practice. They were quick in the, in, uh, in the qualifying. They got Pierre Gasly on six. He could have gone further up because he's been fast all weekend. Yuki Sonoda on eight. Although come race day, Yuki tends to, he tends to go backwards. So they'll be relying on Pierre Gasly over there. However, then the other side of that, like I said, that fight between them and Alpine, Esteban is sitting ninth. Uh, Fernando Alonso is sitting 13th. Now this, uh, this, this, so this, uh, there's an obvious, obvious uh, belief that AlphaTauri should walk this one. But we did have Hungary earlier this year. And Esteban Ocon won when the Alpines weren't looking fast. We, we go back to the Grand Prix. It was Esteban from, uh, from Vettel. Uh, I think before Vettel was uh, DQ'd. I have to think back on what had happened there. But... You know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're looking at an Alpine from a Aston Martin finished one and two on the track. Yeah, I think it, I think Vettel did get uh, get DQ'd, or he had minus uh, minus time. Anyway, whatever it was, here we are in the season. So there, that that has not been decided just yet. So those small mini battles are still going on. And further than that, there isn't any real real battles that uh, we need to be overly concerned about in terms of points. There is a chance that Pierre Gazzi could catch Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, Daniel didn't have the greatest qualifying, hasn't had the greatest weekend so far. Uh, I don't believe there, there's going to be much changes over there. So we are looking at the fights that we are looking at. We do have the second longest straight and at Jeddah. So if... Uh, if the the DRS zones, because there is three of them, does play a significant role, it is going to be one thing to get them up to the car in front of them. You know, maybe they pass them on the straight, but it might be a case of pass, pass, pass. Uh, I say in the DRS, 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 because the corners that they are going to isn't really, except for the final corner, there isn't too much of significant braking that is going to allow them to use the DRS and the braking zone. So with the with the high overspeed and then the braking into the corner. And then now without that, they can probably enter the corner faster than, and they can exit out pretty quickly as well because it isn't, it isn't slow corners. Hence what we are going back to with the amount of corners that this racetrack has and being the second fastest uh, average speed after Monza, which is insane. It, it's 
Monza first, Jedi Street Circuit, Jedi Street Circuit, I can't believe I'm saying it, second fastest, and then Silverstone with the third fastest in, in terms of raw speed. So this is this is going to be super interesting. Now, um, so if you don't know, we're just going to quickly go through that from uh, – it is Lewis Hamilton is starting on pole position from Valtteri Bottas. I don't believe any side of the track is significantly rubbered in. I'm not entirely sure if there is a favorite side yet. We will see really. The first time we'll really get to see that will be when they start the Grand Prix today. Um, what significance any side has uh, off the racetrack to which one is more favorable. So we're going to see that. But it is a Mercedes lockout on the front row with Max sitting in third position, barring that he doesn't have to take a gearbox penalty. He's joined on the second row with uh, by Charles Leclerc, followed by the third row, Sergio Perez, Pierre Gasly. Then we've got Lando Norris, Yuki Sonoda, and then Esteban Ocon. And then the reason why I'm going all the way down to number 10, surprise, surprise, welcome Antonio Giovinazzi again. Every once in a while, we actually saw him do it at Monza, so maybe he just really likes the fast tracks. Antonio Giovinazzi. Alfa Romeo Racing Ferrari has made it into Q3. Yes, he is in 10th position, but he beat out the likes of Daniel Ricciardo, Kimi Raikkonen, Fernando Alonso. And, well, Carlos Sainz beat himself, so maybe Carlos would have been a little bit further up. Who knows? And then, because Carlos had been fast all weekend. And then so, uh, George Russell as well is another name that he beat out because we've, we've known George to be exceptional on a Saturday. However, again, new circuit, new racetrack, very different. When the walls are tighter and closer, maybe makes it makes you think a little bit more uh, about what you should be doing. You know, caution is a better part of valor at times, but uh, without fear, I suppose there can be no bravery, and I don't believe there's anyone braver than Max Verstappen. Purely, you saw what he, the way that he went out on that final lap, um, well, his final qualifying lap. Although he never completed it. Um, walking through the, the first sector, first, second sector, I think he was up uh, two and a half tenths and arguably up uh, an, a full half second by the time that he arrived at the final corner. And then it was front, uh, front left lock up. And then I, th- I think he tried to power through it or, or whatever he did, you know, try to try to get on the accelerator, hopefully to pick up the grip at the end. But it was just that wall was just too close for him. It was just too much too soon. He should have backed out of the lap at that time, probably saved significant work on the car that needs to be done. So he might have damaged his, if he hasn't damaged the gearbox, the, we're not entirely sure what the damage has caused, but we are also looking at the best um, technical teams, pit teams, uh, mechanic teams in the world belong to Formula One. So if there's any people that can fix a car and get the car to racing spec in in the time that they have, uh, with that wishbone being broken as well on the rear of the car, it is a Formula One team. And Red Bull do tend to have a little bit of manpower as well. So they have got some excellent people over there. So I believe the job will be done. And we're going to be in for a thrilling, thrilling uh, Formula One race. Now, uh, walking into this, and just want to touch on our fantasy from last week. Let me get that up open in front of me. Um, now, here we go. We have Qatar. Uh, 
Prashan, wow. Prashan finished first and second with 281 and 238. Yes, he did do his mega drives in there. And then Hamilton with uh, Mohamed Fakhri on 209 points, followed by Bruno on 208. And again, the other Mohamed uh, Fakhri team with 204 points. Uh, what does that mean to our overall standings? Let's quickly pull that up there. We've got uh, Mohamed Fakhri. He's pretty much been there between him and Stephen all season, but uh, I think it's just about done and dusted. Mohamed Fakhri's on 3,729.5 points. For first, second as well belongs him, 3675.5, followed by Stephen Team 1 at 3622.5. Then Mohamed comes in again with Lando, no risk team on 3545.5. So he's done great there. And Mario Team 1 with his mega drive, has pushed him into fifth position on 3505. So absolutely fantastic, guys. Keep it up. Don't stop what you are doing. It is it is two two Grand Prix left. Let's see where this goes. And to all you guys out there, enjoy, enjoy the Formula One. It is nearly over this season. Then it's a complete overhaul. But we are... We are blessed to be watching what we are watching to, to see the season that we are seeing. It has been great. It continues to be great. I don't think it's going to be decided, be decided in Jeddah. Who knows? Safety cars are going to play a massive, massive, massive part in the result today. Catch you on the other side. Cheers, cheers.